Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win. Billiken win. Now from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. All right, thanks very much. We have Lutz Fan and Steel on the schedule at 11.15. We have at 11.30 John Mosellock. And we have Stuart Sink and Justin Leonard, who are going to be playing in St. Louis next month. And we also have, he's going to try to join us because he's on a plane right now, Hall of Famer Jackie Smith to talk about his coach, Don Coryell, who went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame yesterday. Yes, I will continue to talk about Don Coryell and the greatness of St. Louis football in the 1970s that really was a golden era because when you look at the 80s and the tough times, although there were some good teams in there, those Neil Lomax teams, but not good enough. And then to not have football after that from 1987 being the final season until the Rams arrived in 1995. And then, of course, we celebrated a Super Bowl championship here in St. Louis and a return trip to the Super Bowl under Mike Martz's watch. None of that happens without Don Coryell. Don Coryell got it going in the 70s and Mike Martz, brought an incredible twist of fate, uh, brought his offense back to St. Louis in a slightly different form, but not really. I mean, he he patterned what he did, uh, Mad Mike did, after Don Coryell, and it's so much fun to listen to these. In fact, let's listen to this from 1975. Sunday, November 16th, the Big Red met the Redskins at Bush Stadium, a sellout crowd. We pick up the action in the final minute of play, Washington leading 17-10. to 10. With the ball at the Washington 7, the Big Red tried to score on the ground. Three plays failed. Forced the Cardinals into a fourth and goal with 27 seconds left. Hart went back to throw in what could have been the lost offensive play of the afternoon. Instead, it turned out to be the start of the biggest controversy of the season. Ike Harris checks back in as Kane comes out. It is fourth down and the Cardinals' last chance to get on the board. To the right goes Mel Gray. To the left side comes Earl Thomas. At the Redskins, seven, fourth down. Kane is tied to the right side. Hart goes back to throw and sets and fires up in. It is 
Touchdown, Mel Gray. They rule a pass incomplete. They rule that he dropped the ball. He had the ball in the end zone, and now all sorts of cane is going to be raised. The officials huddled at the Redskin goal line to decide whether Gray had made the catch. Dan Kelly and Bob Starr describe the hectic scene. Gray had the ball in the end zone, and now they break that huddle, and let's see what the signal is. It's a touchdown! 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 Cardinals are one point away from tying it up. Bakken booted the extra point, forced the game into sudden death. The Big Red won the toss, started from their own 25. Marched downfield to the Washington 20 as Jim Otis did most of the work running the football. The stage was set for Bakken's heroics. Both teams readied for Tom Brahaney's snap to Roger Whirley. 37 yards away from victory. The Cardinals mark it at the 27, a 37-yard try, almost in the middle of the field. Very slight angle right to left. Whirley ready to hold. All set, snap back, the ball down. Bakken's kick is one up and good. The Cardinals win it on a 37-yard field goal by Jim Bakken. The victory moved the Cardinals into sole possession of first place in the NFC East, one game ahead of both Washington and Dallas. The great Jack Buck with the story there from 1975. That Cardinals team went 11-3, the Cardiac Cards and the St. Louis Cardinals with coach Don Coriel, who goes into the Hall of Fame. What a team. And remember, he turned that around very quickly. 1973 was his first year. They had a losing season. They were 4-9-1. and one. He turned around and went 10-4 and four in 74. He went 11-3 in 75. He won 10 games again in 76. That 75 team won the NFC East title. There would not be a division title for the Cardinals again until 33 years later. That was long after they had moved to Arizona and to the NFC West. There were nine Pro Bowlers on that 1975 team. Offensive linemen, you know them well. Dan Deardorff, Conrad Dobler, Tom Banks was the center. That was really the anchor of the team. Jim Hannafin had that team playing at an extremely high level on the offensive line, pass protecting. The quarterback was Jim Hart. He was also a pro bowler. They had three running backs that were pro bowlers. Terry Metcalf, Jim Otis, and Mel Gray, who performed at a very high level as a wideout as well, uh, but they were listed as running backs. But Gray, make no mistake, he was a wide receiver uh, and but could do multiple things for you. Gray, Metcalf, uh, and Otis, and then they also had Jim Bakken uh, was a Hall of Famer, as well as Roger Worley, who you heard holding there on that kick. Worley was a shutdown corner before Deion Sanders, before Darrell Revis. Roger Worley was the original shutdown corner. That was an incredible football team that was coached by Don Coriel, and rightfully so, he gets in his enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Posthumously, we certainly have our hearts out to the family, we're thrilled for his players and for that big red team, Dan Deardorff and all of his great teammates who joined us from time to time on KMOX. And again, we may catch up. He's on a plane coming back from Ohio, but we're going to try to catch up with Jackie Smith before the show is over. That was a last-second decision on my part, and we're going to try to catch him uh, in his travels. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back on sports on a Sunday morning, we'll talk more football. But this, the beautiful game of soccer and 
Lutz Fannensteel, the sporting director of St. Louis City SC, will join us on KMOX. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. It's 11-16 on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday Morning, sponsored by Gray Bar, and we are joined by the sporting director, St. Louis City SC, Lutz Fannensteel, joins us every morning at 11-15. We appreciate it, Lutz. Thanks for being with us. Nice to be on the line again. It's always good to be with you. We're kind of reeling here a little bit. Soccer is definitely a topic of conversation in the United States today, but not for the best of reasons. The women's team is out of the World Cup. It is interesting, isn't it, how this sport has grown to the point where the United States has been bounced from the round of 16 for the first time ever, and the competition is catching up. That's one way to look at it. The other is that the U.S. didn't play all that well, but the competition is catching up, isn't it? You know, I'm currently in Europe, uh, I'm in Germany, and uh, the German national team, very similar. Uh, one of the top teams in the world in, in, in recent years, or basically since since ages, and they fell out in the group stage. So uh, very, very shocking news here for the German football as well. And I think it's pretty similar in the States where, uh, well, the American team is always the, the, the big favorite. They are, they are always the team you're looking out for. So definitely a, a heartbreaking loss today against the Swedish team, which which was, I would call it, lethal in, in, in the important moments. No doubt about it. They have been tough on the U.S., and they get the job done, and they have advanced uh, after a millimeter, really, was the call on that penalty kick. It goes to Sweden, and they advance in the Women's World Cup. The women's team has expanded the game here nationally. There's no doubt that more girls play growing up because of the success going way back to Mia Hamm's team, really, uh, with the United States doing all that they were able to do and winning. Uh, how do you see the game just in general, men's and women's in the United States? Or let me ask it this way. What drew you uh, to the United States, Lutz, with St. Louis City SC? Was that part of it? And also, how did you view American soccer before you came back over? You know, I mean, I, I was as a player everywhere. I also played in the in the states. So, well, I was based in the, in the Canadian team with the Vancouver Whitecaps, but I played over here for a few years. So I I knew the football well, and I always followed it. But to be fair, yeah, it was a tough decision for me, or a, I wouldn't say tough, a, a hard, long thought decision to leave the German Bundesliga uh, to join an MLS team. And I think the only MLS team I would have joined at that moment was St. Louis because. Uh, the project was special. It was a unique opportunity to build something from scratch. And um, looking at the way the, the, the league develops uh, and will develop in the next, I would say, two, three years to come prior to the World Cup, I think it's uh, the biggest growing uh, soccer market in the world. You know, I mean, some people will say right now Saudi Arabia is challenging that, but I think that's a different kind of approach. Um, I think it's exciting teams at the mo- exciting times at the moment uh, with U.S. soccer. Um, I think the, the national team, uh, both of them are having uh, a big future ahead as well. So I think it's a very, very bright future ahead. People more and more enjoy the game. They love the game. You see it on the attendances. Uh, I mean, we are super lucky in St. Louis because it's somehow uh, a pure soccer city where, of course, you're having plenty of world-class baseball, plenty of world-class ice hockey as well in the past. But I think uh, it's a great soccer culture from the past and from the present. So, yeah, that that drawn me personally over here. And so far, to be fair, exactly now three years uh, with St. Louis City SC, 
uh, and I'm very, very happy about the choice I made. Yeah, well, you've had a great run, and here's your team in first place. August 20th, you'll be taking on Austin at City Park in front of that great crowd. Ticket demand has been very high, and that has also created the mystique around the team. And then they win, which just adds to the excitement. What do you need to do between now and August 20th to get uh, this team back to doing what it's been doing? And how does the team handle this off time? I know they've been practicing, but what is that like to not play those competitions for them? Yeah, I think, you know, it was um, obviously the least cup, the, the results were a bit disappointing, but it also gave the players an opportunity to have a, a bit of a rest. So they had a few days off, which I think was really important. The guys who were not 100% fit or didn't get that much playing time, they kept on training, um, which, which was important, especially getting Klaus back on the field. Um, Joachim Nielsen had his debut last week uh, scoring and, you know, uh, he showed that uh, well, he, he's also, he's definitely back. Uh, he will play again tonight against Real Monarchs with the second team with CD2 and the MLS Next Pro. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's important now for us to focus. You know, we had the transfer list is closed. We, we signed two new players uh, with Torreson uh, and we also uh, signed uh, Markinich from uh, Colorado a left back, plus we sold one of our the last foreign slot on the last day of closing on the list, which was for us a really lucky one because we already decided not to sign anybody anymore. We sold that place to, to Atlanta, and uh, in January, all the places getting back to, to normal, so it was for us the last minute good business deal in the end of the day, where we got some game which we can spend again next season for a place which would have been expired literally six hours after we sold it. Um, yeah, and now it's focusing on, uh, on on Austin. You know, we have good memories. Austin, the ever first ever MLS game, first victory. I think uh, one of the moments which uh, I will never forget, uh, uh, playing away to Austin there on the 25th of Feb. Um, and we just want to do the same thing again. You know, uh, now 23 games into the season, we're still on number one. Um, nobody really believes that. Um, and well, we just somehow just want to want to now prove ourselves with 11 games to go that we can keep it up and we and keep on playing well. That we uh, it was not just a, a one-hit wonder, and we we know we want to be want to be sharp, and that's what we're going to work for really hard. So we have a good week of practice ahead. We will have uh, another another friendly game planned, uh, which is not 100% decided at where and how, and then another good week of practice, and then yeah ready to host Austin and uh, as I said, I'm very positive that Klaus will be will be back in action. Um, not as a starter maybe, we have to see how all that goes, but he's definitely back at hundred percent training. And that's good news because it's a big, big push for the for the moral of the whole of the whole squad. Well you definitely answered my Klaus question. It's not the same around here without City Park lit up, I can tell you that. So we're looking forward to downtown West Getting rocking again. This is Lutz Fantasiel, sporting director at City. You mentioned Anthony Markanik, uh, the left back that you got from the Colorado Rapids. Tell me a little bit more about him. Is his stop? First of all, he's a Midwest guy, which is pretty cool, from Bourbon, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago. It's where the Bears uh, train for many years uh, in the NFL. He went to Northern Illinois University. Markanik, what kind of a player is the 23 year old left back? Yeah, I mean, left footed player, natural left footed. Um, can play as a left back, also could play as a centre back, but I see him, yeah, I see him as a left back. 
Um, a guy which actually when we played last year in the Nets Pro, he, he looked really good, you know, and we do a lot with data. We do a lot of not just looking uh, at what we see with our eyes. We also believe a lot in data, and uh, Anthony just fits a lot to our playing style, to our philosophy. So it was, again, one of these, one of these transfers where uh, lots of the fans out there who, who believe uh, it's, uh, you know, we should sign the next Messi uh, six times a week, uh, that's something uh, which, which is not what we're looking for. Uh, Anthony was a guy we were looking for uh, because he fits to what we want to do. And again, it's not a player which comes in and uh, immediately will, will win us the title. That's not the point. We brought him in on a, on a, on a, on a longer term. Uh, I, I, see him, I see him with us in the next few years. And, and definitely, you know, we need to heat up the competition a bit uh, and on our left side. And I think uh, that's a great way to get the natural left footer right in this position now. Lutz, uh, before we go, how did your latest television go in broadcasting? I know that you do mix in some of that still, if people aren't aware that uh, you've been doing that for quite a while. Oh, yeah, I was in uh, Las Vegas last week for the Man United against the uh, Borussia Dortmund game. You know, like, yeah, beautiful stadium, uh, Las Vegas. Not my favorite, most favorite place in the world, but okay. Uh, the game was good. Uh, I think uh, you saw two world-class teams out there. Roman Burke, was there as well to meet his old teammates. Uh, so it was a, a nice uh, a nice uh, broadcasting between the English Premier League and uh, the German Bundesliga. Well, the German Bundesliga won, which made me even more happy. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you come on with us, and I know that uh, it takes a lot. So here you are in Germany, he said, as he's uh, joining us here on KMOX. He's a dedicated man to not only us, but to St. Louis City SC and our soccer fans. He's Lutz Fannensteel, the sporting director. Thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate it as always. Thanks so much. Great to have him. Looking forward to that August 20th match against Austin. That's going to be fun. I'll tell you someone else who is dedicated to the show. He's going to join us next, and that's John Mosellock. I'm fully aware that he gets much criticism, um, but I received some very positive feedback about our interview with him last week, and it's not as much to do with me as it is with him. I thought he was very good at answering our direct questions and really helped us navigate what we were going to see, not only in the trade deadline, but all the rumors that were swirling around about Nolan Arenado, and he was able to sort all of that with us and be as honest and open as he can. Remember, sometimes he's not able to say some things publicly because other teams are listening, and sometimes you lose leverage, and there are some things that are said within the walls of Bush stadium and the clubhouse that you can't let out and reveal. But I think he did a nice job of going as far as he could and telling us openly and honestly what was going on. So I appreciate that from Mo, and he's going to join us again in three minutes. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. KMOX, sponsored by Graybar. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. It's 11.31, and it's always a pleasure to be joined by John Mosellock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, joins us each and every Sunday at this time. It's great to have you as always, Mo. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning. I got a lot of great feedback on our interview last week, and I think a lot of it has to do with you, that you were very uh, upfront, honest, uh, answering all of our questions and in what is certainly a busy time for you. I mean, the fact that you would take the time and join us right before the deadline is very much appreciated. So I appreciate that, and I wanted to pass that along. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and uh, you're welcome. Our fans uh, definitely search for info, as you know. They are passionate about this team, and they want to know what's happening at the deadline. And I thought that you delivered exactly as you said you were going to go out to do. I mean, you went out and you looked for opportunities, and you ended up acquiring a lot of young talent. Tell us, from your perspective, how you thought the deadline went. Well, I, I mean, I do think from a fan base standpoint, there, there might be some level of disappointment in the sense of we weren't able to, to secure that type of player that, you know, is really just a plug-and-play um, guy at the moment. It's, it's, we're going to have to require some patience. 
Um, we certainly felt like we added a lot of talent into our system. When you look at kind of at the high end, when you have guys like uh, McGreevy and Gersefo, Tink Hens, there was that pretty big gap, though, um, from a talent standpoint um, after that. And, and so to get guys where, where you can inject to that, like Robert, um, obviously we have um, King here, and then and then getting um, Kloffenstein, Roby. All of a sudden, we just we, we filled a pretty big gap with some guys that we're pretty excited about. That we think at some point will contribute to the Cardinals in in twenty twenty four. But you know, we know there's still work to be done for our rotation as we think about twenty twenty four. Yeah, and as I explained to some folks, that I, I thought that you know that's hard to do. You, it's hard to just go out and get major league starters from and in fact which contender is going to do that i mean if you're trying to you know with the contender nobody's going to give you oh yeah here have our number three starter yeah i mean obviously would have required a, a regular or a everyday position player in, in that concept or or to try to do it but you know teams have a hard time filling voids during in-season trading deadline whereas in the off season, you can trade from your club and then go fill something via free agency. So just the timing of this didn't work. Um, we certainly did tease a few types of deals like that, but we never got to the point where um, either side was comfortable doing it. So you open up now three spots in the rotation for next year with Michaelis and Matt's under contract. And by the way, Matt's pitching like he's trying to earn one of those spots. He looked awesome yesterday again. Um, but that that'll make for an interesting off season. Just to, you know, without obviously giving away what you're trying to do. But how do you view once we start that process in November? Well, I think uh, we're gonna have to look at at you know all viable options. So you know what what that looks like in the trade market. Obviously, um, it would probably be a little bit easier to address just more in the the free agent market because you're, you're not subtracting, but. Um, I think we just have to remain open-minded. We know we have um, holes to fill. And, you know, I, I don't think it's as daunting as people think. I mean, you're always going into the offseason knowing that there's there's some areas where you're trying to improve. And, you know, this year it's uh, from a, from a uh, standpoint of simplicity, we know we have to add pitching. And um, that's just not rotational depth. It's also going to be in the bullpen. So, um, I think as we we get past the World Series and and can open up that market, you know, that's something that we're going to have to uh, be very aggressive in, and you know, hopefully uh, we're able to fill those needs. You mentioned some of those names that are in your system right now before you made all of these trades. I am curious your thoughts on Hudson Liberator and, for that matter, Thompson, who starts today. Just your assessment of those three as they continue to develop, and in Hudson's case, come back. Well, I, I think uh, in all these guys' situations, they're they're pitching for the next two months to to leave a mark. In other words, uh, make an impression, a positive impression. Because you know, one of the things that that you, you want to be careful of is 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 trying to solve your problem just in these these two months in terms of feeling where. If guys perform well, that means we just don't have to do anything. I think the one thing that we have to take away from from this past year and, and really just experience is just we, we need to add players that we can count on. And it's and it, and 
you know, obviously seeing Matt do what he's doing, I think that's great. But some of these younger players that are going to go out and pitch over the next two months, it, it is important for them to, to show some success and, and to, to do well. But that's still not going to change our off-season approach at the moment. Um, we know that, that, that um, we need to find some experience for our rotation and not solely rely on, on guys having great outings. But I will say, like, you know, Dakota Hudson, it's, it's, it's encouraging to see how well he pitched the other day. So you know he's capable of doing it. Now he's got to show that he can replicate that and be consistent with it. Mo, I, I did as much research as I could on the players that you acquired and, and looked at video and, and scanned stats and those kind of things. That, and you mentioned one that jumps out to me, and I saw on a video he pronounced his name Robertson, so I'm going to go with that from my from my end. But Sam Robertson looks the part to me. I mean, I know I'm, I'm limited on what I have access to, but he looks like a starter to me. He throws a number of different pitches for strikes, which is a, a huge key. So I think the big thing for him is you got to remind yourself he's 21. He got promoted to AAA. Did not have a great outing last night, but uh, heard he had a little bad luck too. But um, has has plenty of arm. We do think he has some swing and miss in him. And so you know, obviously the next two months are going to be important for him to to get settled. Um, obviously, new organization. We're going to try to give him some space, but um, we are uh, we're certainly excited about what we have in him especially given his age and and really the type of arm strength he has. And the other one that jumped out, and they're, they're, they all looked good. I, I had kind of limited on what I got to see on Roby, but that's Thomas Sejaci was interesting to me. I mean, he, he looked like an aggressive bat. The ball kind of jumps off his bat. Uh, he's an infielder but can play multiple positions, can he? He can. Um, definitely see him mostly as a second baseman, uh, but offensive upside for real. Um, so when we were approaching the deadline, we kept saying pitching, 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 but this was just too good to walk away from as far as like his offensive projection. So it wouldn't shock me to see him end up at AAA at some point this year. And then again, at, at 21, doing what he's doing is impressive. Certainly. And finally, just looking over this current lineup and Ollie Marmel keeps putting out lineups with a lot of firepower. Gorman and Walker and their progression, and then I'm going to ask you about Mason Wynn, but uh, Gordon, G- Gorman and Walker uh, showing you what they can do at the plate uh, th- has been incredibly impressive, I would think. Well, I think uh, in, in Nolan Gorman's case, uh, I don't think any of us are really surprised. Uh, we, we always knew he had, had a lot of power in that bat. Um, I think the big thing for him is making adjustments at the plate, you know, trying to control the strike zone a little bit. But, you know, seeing what he's doing with the bat is, is, is not overly um, surprising to, to some of us. And I think from a defensive standpoint, he's really um, getting more comfortable at second base. And, and that's great to see. And then you touched on Jordan Walker, who um, obviously has you know, tremendous upside. I mean, here we're, you know, we're talking about guys that are in double A and triple A at 21. He's in the big leagues at 21. Um, holding his own offensively. Obviously, there's been some growing pains defensively, but he's working on that, and he's going to continue to work on that. And I still think he has a chance to be an average or above-average outfielder 
when it's all said and done. So you have to have a little bit of patience when you have a 21-year-old at the big leagues, but um, certainly impressed with what he's been doing so far. It is a good thing to remind ourselves of his age. And finally, and I know, granted, the World Baseball Classic was taking place, so this guy got a lot of playing time, but I don't think anybody would argue that Mason Wynn uh, wasn't one of the best players on the field in spring training. I mean, he is an exceptional talent. Is what is the outlook for him right now, from your perspective? Well, I think the, the good thing is, is he's 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 now having success at AAA. If um, you know, if we were to turn back the clock two months ago, you know, offensively he was he was really fighting himself. I think from a defensive standpoint, the reports we were getting w- w- was that you know he was aggressive, but there were mistakes being made, but. Like to your point, what we saw this past spring, this guy has enormous talent, so enormous upside. I, I think the the biggest thing for him is is when we decide, or if we decide to bring him up to the big leagues, you know he's got to play. And um, you know we're trying to sort through some things right now because a lot of our decisions that we make for 2024 are going to be based on a lot of things we see over the next couple couple months, but. You know, I'm I'm thrilled and 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 really excited to to see how well he's starting to put things together, both offensively and defensively down at, down in Memphis. And uh, you know, the reports I'm getting back from Ben Johnson and others, it's it's very encouraging, and, and that's nice to see. Player of the month in July, Mason Wynn, John Mosellock, Cardinals president of baseball operations. Always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. That sounds good. See you, Mike. See you soon. There he is on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. The Cardinals take on the Rockies today at 115. Joe Pot has your pregame at 1220. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back with much more, including a huge event coming to St. Louis in September, one after the other. We have IndyCar coming and some of the best golfers this game has ever seen will be strolling Norwood Hills Country Club. Two of them next, Stuart Sink and Justin Leonard on KMOX. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. Good visit there with... John Mosellock, Cardinals president of baseball operations. You can go back and listen to it on our Odyssey app. Just click on 1130 or you can wait till our producer Drew Young puts that podcast up on our Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast page. We've had a good show so far with Ollie Marmel on the show. We also had a tribute to Don Coriel. We listened to Scott McLaughlin, IndyCar driver, visiting with me. He'll be on the poll today in Nashville. They're just starting right now, actually, uh, in Nashville at the Grand Prix down there, the Music City Grand Prix. We also have uh, Lutz Vandersteel uh, joined us for a good period of time from Germany. And they all come on the show, sports on a Sunday morning. It is fun in that way. Here are some other big names. Coming to Norwood Hills Country Club is the Ascension Charity Classic. It is happening September 8th through the 10th uh, at Norwood Hills. The Ascension Charity Classic, the proceeds go back to St. Louis, specifically North County, but areas of St. Louis to uh, a number of charities to help benefit the youth and uh, those who need it uh, here in the St. Louis area. And they've continued to do that over the last few years. This is year number three of the tournament, but it's really year four because the first year was knocked out due to COVID and they still raised hundreds of thousands of dollars and presented a million dollar check after year one. 
Stuart Sink is going to be in the event this year. Uh, he just turned 50. So Sink, and I mean just turned 50, May 21st. So once he did, he was then eligible to play on PGA Tour Champions events. And he has played on the PGA Tour. He has played on the European Tour. He's played on the Nike Tour. He's played on the Corn Ferry Tour. And now he is playing PGA Tour Champions. And he was asked how that has been so far. All I can tell you is that Steve Stricker is a huge buzzkill when you show up at a <laughs> tournament. <laughs> I know that comes as no surprise. Now he's he's uh, definitely the the mark out there. Um, the two tournaments I've played, I, I've yet to play a three-round tournament. So I've played two majors, pretty significant golf courses. And um, I think Stricker has shown to be the guy when the big courses are in play. And I, I, he, I've played a lot with Steve over the years. Um, he's playing the same kind of golf he played when he was at the top of the game on the regular tour as well. So, um, he is definitely a mark to be, uh, to be aiming for and, and learning from. And it's, it's just great to have a guy like him to, to provide excellence, to play against and try to match yourself up against, because if you can, if you can beat a guy like Steve Stricker, you, you know, you've done a really good job. And, um, I've played in two events and I've played with Steve on Sunday, both events in the last group. And I, Steve Stricker has won both of those. So it's a, it's an honor to play with him and against him. And I've had fun playing in my two events. Stuart Sink, he will be at the PGA tour champions event, the Ascension charity classic as Steve Stricker, I would think would be the favorite in this event as he has been on fire recently, but Sink will be right there among the favorites. He's finished third in three different majors, the masters, the PGA championship and the U S open. And he won the Open Championship in 2009. I've given it a lot of thought, and I've unfortunately come up with no answers and no way to reconcile a way of thinking. Um, I'm The only thing I can really solidify and say is that I'm, I feel very blessed to be able to choose whichever tour I want to play on next year. Um, you know, and I, I've had a lot of players say that you don't want to do both. You don't really want to focus on just kind of like mixing it up. You want to try to put your eggs in one basket, so to speak. I don't know if I want to do that just because um, I, I just enjoy both. I like playing in the grind of the PGA tour and the cuts and playing against the world's best. And I also enjoy seeing all my friends that I've known for a long time and competing in a different way um, on PGA tour champions. So it's, it's just hard to say, I don't really want to commit one way and then do the other. I'm in a good spot. When, when I turned 50, I, um, there was a few spots on the calendar that, um, that certainly popped out. And I talked to Padre, who was your defending champion from last year. Actually, I guess he's going to play in the Irish Open. So that means he's your champion from last year, not defending, um, which is uh, unfortunate, but sort of uh, the way it goes in professional golf. But he uh, had good things to say about the event and um, and the company too. So um, it, a lot of things have changed in the last day or so, as, as you guys may know, but the um, PGA's announcement yesterday about the vice captaincy, but um, definitely proud to be representative of Ascension and um, hope to uh, reflect the company image well. That's Stuart Sink. And then there's Justin Leonard, who played in his first Ascension Charity Classic last year because he turned 50 last summer. He's now 51. And the Dallas, Texas native, who has had a lot of success, he has won the Open Championship as well. He's had top 10 finishes in the Masters, the PGA Championship, 
and uh, finished second, actually, in the PGA Championship twice. Here he is on the upcoming event at Norwood. To be invited to your tournament and to be a representative of Ascension. Um, you know, last year, uh, the the tournament was, Ascension was my uh, second event, I guess. And and I played in, in the tournament at Firestone, so it was on familiar grounds there. Uh, and then St. Louis was my, my second event there in early September. Um, I wouldn't say my game was ready. I was covering the FedEx Cup playoffs for, for three weeks. I think I touched the club for one day in, in those three weeks. Um, came back, tried to get ready in you know, basically a week and, and come play. Um, love the golf course. Uh, Norwood Hills is, is a great test. Um, and it was really fun to see how St. Louis really, really turned out for the event. Um, I have noticed how I thought it was special at the time, but then, you know, playing a, a, a fuller schedule in the champions tour this year helps me realize just how special it is, what you do there in St. Louis and, and the way, um, you know, the, the, the people of St. Louis and the surrounding areas come out and support the event, uh, the job that you and your staff does and, and the build out, um, you know, there's so many, a, a typical event, there might be, you know, certainly 18, there's a lot of corporate stuff going on, maybe one other hole, usually around 17. And it seems like, um, at the Ascension, there's multiple areas where people can, can congregate, whether it's from, um, you know, grandstands and bleachers or corporate hospitality, or you've got the food area down there. Um, we were, a funny story. I was playing with Harrison Frazier. He and I were teammates at University of Texas, and and uh, Texas was playing Alabama on that Saturday. We were paired together Saturday, and Harrison's wife was was following us around, and she was watching, but she was listening to the game, and so we were getting updates from her, and so we we had a little bit of a wait on the 14th hole, and that's right next to the big food area, and there's a large, a big jumbo screen TV over there, and. And we could actually see through the people and watch some of the games. So I was trying to like call a, an injury timeout it's right at the end of the football game, uh, trying to call a little injury timeout so we could watch the last couple of minutes. It didn't work out to where we could watch the game and it didn't work out for Texas. Anyways, Alabama picked a, a field goal in the last uh, few seconds, but um, just a great atmosphere and um, a lot of fun to be a part of it. I feel like my game is going to be way more ready uh, come this September than I was last year, and um, just excited to be a part of it. Big Texas fan there, Justin Leonard, on the Alabama-Texas game. I remember that happening as well on that Saturday. College football Saturday when they play. It'll be September 9th for the Ascension Charity Classic, and it'll be great to have Justin Leonard back in town. Our top stories today, the United States women's national team is out of the World Cup. The U.S. played its best game of the World Cup, I would say, but it still didn't play well enough. You got to score to win, and it just wasn't good enough. The two-time reigning champions eliminated in the round of 16 for the first time ever. They were trying to win an unprecedented third consecutive title, but Megan Rapino. Sophia Smith, Kelly O'Hara all missed with kicks from the spot. Rapinos went way over the crossbar. And then Lena Hurtig converted for Sweden. It was first rule to save. Then they were, oh, wait a minute. We need to look at this replay. And it barely snuck over the line. I mean by a millimeter. And Sweden is in. They clinched the shootout 5-4 after a scoreless draw in regulation and extra time. Earliest exit in tournament history for the United States. They've won the World Cup four times, and now they're going to have to sit there 
and watch other nations try to win. And Megan Rapinoe's out. 38-year-old said this would be her last international tournament, so she has been outspoken in her life and career, and she missed her penalty. I saw in her interview session afterwards, she said, it's dark comedy that I missed my uh, penalty shot. She's one of the great scorers in U.S. soccer history. Here's one other to pay attention to with a St. Louis connection, and that would be Simone Biles. Simone Biles, this won't get as big a headlines, but it should as you keep an eye on her. She could well be the greatest gymnast in the history of the sport. She is back, at least for right now, in Chicago, Hoffman Estates. She followed a two-year layoff by easily winning the U.S. Classic. She was five points ahead of Leanne Wong for second. It was a packed house. They were all over everything that she did supporting her. And Simone Biles, who is married to... Uh, Jonathan Owens, who currently is a safety for the Packers, he grew up here in St. Louis, went to Loyola Academy for middle school, then went to CBC, and then went on to college at Missouri Western. Uh, He is married to uh, Simone Biles, and they uh, are going to be watching her uh, fighting through what Remember a couple of years ago was a mental block really that she cited that uh, she had that forced her to remove herself from competitions in the Olympics. Well, she showed no signs of that. I watched the video of her yesterday. She looked fantastic. So next up is the U.S. Championships in San Jose, and that's later this month. So it is worth watching for sure to see if Simone Biles can bounce back. We'll see if the Cardinals can win a series today. Zach Thompson is the starting pitcher for St. Louis, and we have that broadcast coming your way at 115 with the 1220 pregame. Joe Pott will have that, and that's coming up after the noon news from Bush Stadium. In the meantime, it's the Cardinals and the Rockies with a look back at Ollie Marmel, John Mosellock, both of them. You can hear our longer conversations right here on this show. If you go back to the Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast, I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks to producer Drew Young on KMOX. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.